Welcome to this edition of ASME TechCast, where we bring you the innovators, the innovations, and issues that push the envelope of engineering. I am John Kozowitz, Senior Editor of Mechanical Engineering Magazine and ASME.org. We're talking today about ethics and engineering with Andrew Katz. Andrew is an assistant professor in engineering education at Virginia Tech University, and he studies engineering ethics, decision-making, and system development. He holds a PhD in engineering education from Purdue University, and he has a master's in chemical engineering from Texas A&M. So, Andrew, welcome. Thanks, John. It's good to be with you. So, the subject of ethics, um, of course, is an important foundation uh, for professional engineers and for professional engineering societies, ASME included. So, let's start at the foundation. What is ethics in engineering? Sure, sure. So, ethics in engineering, I think you could probably start with take half a step back and say, well, wait, what is ethics? And um, and then go from there. And so ethics, you might sort of define as ways for uh, systematically de- de- you know, defining, identifying, recommending, um, and defending ways of behaving and sort of identifying better or worse actions and behaviors. So then you can sort of add on the sort of engineering ethics piece to that and then make it a little more about the profession and how individuals um, operating or, or working in society as engineers go about identifying, you know, defending and recommending um, ways to behave um, as engineers. Okay. How, how would this differ from ethics and technology? What is the relationship? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think you, it, you can sort of think about this as though um, ethics and technology may be a little more uh, philosophical, or a little, the- well, a little more theoretical, and then the sort of ethics and engineering as a little more applied. So you'll see organizations like the Association for, for Practical and Professional Ethics. You'll see, like at Santa Clara University, there's a Center for Applied Ethics. Um, you'll see those kinds of places, and I think engineering ethics you know, kind of fits squarely in that camp of applied ethics, whereas you know, et- ethics and technology, for example, might be a little more um, theoretical and a little less tied to the profession or tied to a specific profession. And that's a pretty big, I think, distinguishing characteristic is like how these ethical codes, ethical ways of behaving, thinking about things um, are tied to, again, like I said, sort of members of a profession. Engineers in, in all disciplines, of course, are, are tasked with designing products and systems and plans and infrastructure and a lot more. As the pace of development increases, how difficult is it for an engineer to practice ethically? Yeah, that's, it's, it's a good question. I, I think you can probably take this a few different directions. There's the sort of... Um, maybe slightly more obvious answer. Well, like, you know, if, if thinking about and reflecting on the consequences of your behaviors um, takes time, then as the pace of development increases, you have less time for that kind of reflection. And so um, it makes it more challenging. That's, you know, sort of maybe the, the quick way to think about things. Um, but you can think about this maybe a little differently in that it changes how or the extent to which people are able to think about things, right? So with the pace of technology and technological development increasing, there's also different kinds of technologies that come online. It makes it a little more, uh, at least a little easier to 
imagine the impacts of your work on different stakeholders. You know, it makes it easier to communicate with those stakeholders and identify them. Um, so I don't think I'd be too negative in the sort of, and go with the sort of maybe more instinctual, oh, you know, we have less time for reflection. I think I'd maybe go with the, slight, the slightly more optimistic, oh, we have more opportunities to think about how what we do actually impacts you know, society writ large or, or stakeholders to be more specific by giving us opportunities to, you know, to reach out and actually communicate with those people. So how do you, how do you bring this into the curriculum for, uh, for the students, um, for the, the students that you're, that, that you're teaching? How do you make it real for students? And, yeah. and, and are students coming in with preconceived notions about this? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. So, um, so for that first question, like how do you bring it into the classroom? Uh, I, I like to say any way possible. So, um, you know, maybe to be to be more concretely and a little less facetious, I think, um, you know, having cases, specific cases, specific examples, anything that can actually give students something to visualize and, and grab onto and make it more realistic for them, I think is a great place to start, right? Because there's a version of this where you start to go down the more theoretical and sort of philosophical angle and talk about, you know, different ethical theories, whether it's utilitarianism or deontology, or maybe you even don't get that philosophical, but you talk about codes of ethics, right? And you sort of stay at that level of abstraction. And that's good, right? Like you sort of want students to know those things exist and to have that kind of scaffolding to support their reasoning. And I'll talk about why that's important in a second. But beyond that, or in addition to that, I think just having lots of examples, lots of cases, it's tricky, I think, for, or at least it can be a little more challenging for faculty members who maybe haven't had many opportunities to work out in industry because they may have a smaller sort of reservoir of um, uh, dilemmas that they've had to encounter in their own careers, right? And so that can be a little trickier to, to I don't know, put some meat on the bones of these scenarios. Um, but even in that case, there are lots of great resources. I mentioned that Makula Center for Applied Ethics at Santa Clara University. There are plenty of other places, the Illinois Institute of Technology, has a nice bank of case studies, the National Academy, their online ethics center, which I think maybe now is transferred to the University of Virginia. They have a good online ethics center with like case studies. Um, so there are lots of sort of resources available for making it a little, like I said, sort of giving students concrete examples that give them an opportunity to really wrestle through and think about like, you know, like what are the consequences of, you know, of action A, action B, how do you, you know, make better or worse decisions? Um, so I think at the end of the day, that's what you want students to get the opportunity to do is to, you know, to practice that kind of decision-making. So that was the first part of the question. And then the second question, second question was about um, their, like, do they bring preconceived notions into the classroom? And, and yeah, I mean, I think all of us do to some degree, right? Um, and that's not bad that I think, a lot of those intuitions that they bring into the classroom are really good places to start. I think a really important thing for, you know, for faculty members or anyone teaching, but also just for anyone working in industry to do is just to sort of recognize like, yeah, there may be some um, 
preconceived or notions or, or hidden assumptions that we're all bringing to the to the table, right? I guess the way I think about this is that we all sort of have our little mental models of, of how the world works. And a lot of that stuff can be implicit. And so the more you can make it explicit, it can help, you know, for communicating, for helping with understanding and, um, and giving a good place, you know, a good foundation to work from. What's the biggest, uh, uh, what's the biggest surprise that students come away with uh, in, in this class? What are they most surprised? <laughs> uh, usually, that's a good question. Um, I suspect one of the bigger surprises depending on where students are coming from, is that there's not like a black and white, completely right, completely wrong. Like there's a little more nuance to um, to many, not all, but to many uh, situations. I think it's, uh, you know, there's plenty of research when it comes to moral development and, and um, topics like that about the different stages that you know, someone might go through in terms of sort of a dualistic approach. So, you know, thinking in terms of black and white and then thinking in terms of maybe different shades of gray. Um, and I think that might be one of the bigger things, especially in a lot of this depends on what year the students are, right? So if you're talking about first year students, you tend to see this a little bit more than like, you know, fourth year, you know, senior year students. But, you know, first year students, there can be a lot of black and white thinking. Uh, you know, totally understandable, especially if you've gone through a pretty uh, science and math heavy curriculum where, the, where there is a lot of black and white, you know, you know, sort of a uh, way to how you think about things. Um, so just opening up their minds to, to seeing those different shades of gray, or at least understanding the nuances and taking the different perspectives um, that you sort of want to encourage students to, or practicing engineers to sort of be able to do. What's the biggest challenge in, 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 in getting your point across in all this? <laughs> biggest challenge? Um, <laughs> we're talking about pre-COVID or are we talking about post-COVID? Right? So I guess I'm joking because, uh, you know, currently the biggest challenge is uh, it, it's uh, in, when you're in a classroom. So, you know, two years ago, it was uh, teaching on Zoom because that is not very conducive to, to conversation. Currently, it is uh, gauging students' reactions when everyone's wearing a mask, right? Like, so there's those kinds of challenges. But maybe the, the deeper answer to your question is to, um, and I think it's a general challenge, but teaching a lot of things is just to get students involved and to make this more of a conversation and less of a lecture. Um, that I think is, is really important, you know, and that goes for any subject in, in engineering, when you're teaching engineering, right? Like if you can sort of get students involved more and make it a little more about active learning, a little less passive learning, you know, a little less state, sage on the stage kind of um, way of teaching. I think that uh, can really go a long way for helping students in their development and, and keeping them engaged, right? Because that's that's a really big thing. You can, you can have the greatest lecture in the world, but if nobody's paying attention, uh, it's not gonna do a whole lot. So, and then of course you can sort of argue, well, then maybe it's not the greatest lecture in the world, but that's sort of beside the point. I think that the biggest challenge though is really sort of like getting students involved, engaged, um, and thinking through these issues on their own terms and grappling with them, right? Because some of these, like I said, some of them, yeah, it's pretty clear cut. So many others, much less so. Um, and so you want to give students the time and space to really think through that. And this gets back a little bit to what you were asking with the question about, you know, with the pace of technological development, um, 
you know, is that sort of a challenge for, for ethical decision-making or, or um, engineering ethics? And, and I think it's kind of the same thing in the classroom, right? With the pace of, uh, of just life in general these days, you, it can be difficult for, to encourage students to carve out that time um, to really sit and grapple with something instead of rushing through and thinking, okay, like here's the answer and then moving on to the next thing. So there is, there is various um, aspects of, uh, um, of the job of an engineer, um, uh, the workflow of an engineer where you can bring ethics into it, uh, whether it's in, it's in research or, um, you know, attribution, um, probably the thing that, most people would, I, I think, would uh, would would gather around would be engineers design things. So, <laughs> what is the responsibility of the profession to discuss the impacts uh, on society uh, or the public before and before and after a design is implemented? Sure. So yeah. So I think the role of the societies the professional societies is pretty big. I think those provide a, you know, they sort of set the tone um, for, for what's expected, right? Um, they provide the sort of guidepost for, for everyone else to point to and say, oh, this is the, the standard that we're all being held to. And this isn't more generally something I kind of think about quite, quite a bit because, um, you know, if you have someone practicing as an engineer, and this is kind of what makes it at a profession to begin with, right? That like there is a code of ethics, there is some sort of uh, standard that that um, you know, members of the profession are being held to, and and so I think there's a version which is maybe how engineering ethics codes started 100 years ago, where it's very much kind of an insular way of thinking about um, you know ethics, in that you you, know, you didn't want to undercut another fellow engineer, you didn't want to you know engage in kickbacks, um, you know, no bribing, you know, things like that, very much sort of like professional conduct kinds of issues, but maybe less um, societal impact kind of issues. And, you know, that's understandable for, for when you're first starting a code of ethics 100 years ago or something like that. But I think in present day, I think it's important for the societies to also be thinking about the, the bigger issues. So the way that someone might talk about this, and I, can, I think some of this language it's kind of popularized by Joe Herker, who was a faculty member, I think he's retired now, or a professor emeritus at NC State. Um, but a way to think about this is sort of like the microethical issues and the macroethical issues. Microethical issues might be sort of day-to-day -day conduct things, like I mentioned earlier, you know, no kickbacks, uh, appropriate attribution, um, you know, things like that. Whereas the macroethical issues might be the sort of bigger, higher level, you know, should we be developing this kind of technology kinds of issues? I think it's important for the societies actually to have, uh, you know, pretty clear statements or opinion or positions on those macro ethical issues as well. Because um, otherwise it's pretty easy to get people going off and doing their own thing. And, um, and sometimes that's fine, but sometimes that leads to sort of deleterious consequences. And I just sort of wonder or worry about the occasion where it's a sort of Pandora's box, you know, where, um, Maybe there wasn't a hard enough or a strong enough stance on particular technology, and then it gets developed, and then you know, once it's out there, you can't really do anything about it. Right, right, right. Um, additive manufacturing, three D printing might be mm -hmm. an example. I, I guess with uh, um, um, you know one of the big 
one of the big examples is 3D printed weapons, 3D printed guns. Yeah, exactly. So how do your students view this? <laughs> view what? <laughs> which, which, which part, the, the macroethical issues or just like ethics in general? Or? No, the macro, the macro. Yeah, the macro, it, it depends on the students. Um, some students are really fascinated by this and like talking about these kinds of issues. I think some students uh, maybe come in and think, uh, you know, that that's all fine, well and good, but you know, I don't really see how it applies to me. Um, again, it sort of depends on the where the student is. So if it's a first year student, they may have different kinds of perspectives compared to a fourth year student. Um, so there's a bit of a maturity um, aspect to it as well. There's a bit of a, how much experience do they have? You know, maybe they've worked as interns um, for companies for a couple of summers. And so that sort of leads them to having different kinds of opinions and makes it a little easier for them to see like, oh yeah, these issues really do sort of pop up and um, become uh, pretty important. The way that we run our program here at Virginia Tech for in the College of Engineering, all the first year students have a common um, sort of two course sequence, all the engineering students. So regardless of whether you want to be a mechanical engineer or a civil engineer or a chemical engineer, every student takes the same, you know, first two semesters, their first year here, uh, you know, as it relates to the engineering course. And and so I think that's also one of those issues where it depends on the topic, you know, or the kind of macroethical issue, right? So if it's a problem around, like you said, additive manufacturing or 3D printing of, of weapons, then you may have some students who are very much interested in that, especially since we have a large core of cadets and those students may be interested in talking about those kinds of issues. But you may have another student who's sitting right next to that first student who's interested in environmental engineering, and they're much more interested in talking about you know, green manufacturing or talking about um, certain air pollution regulations or stuff like that. So it also depends on the kind of topic that you sort of um, discuss because there's a huge variety of the students that I end up working with in that first year course. Well, we're gonna leave it here for now, Andrew, and uh, I'd like to thank you for uh, sitting down and, and talking today. And thanks to everyone for listening. And if you'd like to listen to other ASME TechCasts, please visit your favorite podcast app. And again, my name is John Kozowatz. Thank you again for listening.